past, Dr. Manhattan. Do you remember a man named Wally Weaver? Yes. We were both physicists together at the Gila Flats research base. He died of cancer. He was a good man. How about Edgar Jacobi, also known as the supervillain Moloch? You encountered him several times in the 60s, battles, conflicts. Did you know that he has cancer as well? I wasn't told. And what about General Anthony Randolph? He was your handler when you first started working for the government. Cancer. You're suggesting I was the cause. From where I'm standing, it's starting to look pretty conclusive. Even if that's the case, it's irrelevant. A live human body and a deceased human body have the same number of particles. Structurally, there's no difference. All right, let's settle down, please. Welcome to the Vigilant Minority. This is a Carefree Black Nerd Review Podcast covering the 1986 comic book series Watchmen. I am your host, Rain Coleman, and this is the Vigilant Minority, Chapter 3, The Judge of All the Earth. Alright guys, so when you're listening to this show, live tweet and comment using that hashtag TVMPod or Vigilant Minority Pod. This podcast is available on your favorite podcast listening apps, so be sure to leave a five-star rating and a review. This does help show up in the Apple Podcast algorithm and all that. Now, check out the show on Shopify, (laughs) on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Player FM, BYNKRadio.net, all that good stuff. Now, guys, let's dive into Chapter 3, The Judge of All Earth. Now, the release date for this chapter was November of 1986. The creative team, again, Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons, and John Higgins. Now, in this issue, or chapter rather, Laurie argues with Dr. Manhattan about him becoming more distant. Um, She storms out to go see Dan while Dr. Manhattan prepares for a rare public appearance on a television talk show. Now, with this, I, I don't know if this is intentional. I'm sure it is. But it seems like Lori got a thing for Dan. And I meant to mention that before. But it feels like she knows that there's only so much that she's going to get from John, a.k.a. Dr. Manhattan. So she's, you know, teetering that line by even engaging with Dan. Now, Dan could just be an old friend. But I feel like there's some sort of chemistry there. I could be wrong, but I, I feel it. I feel it in my bones. Now, for this uh, chapter, we follow uh, two characters. We get the main cast, of course, but we get this, uh, what do you call him, uh, newspaper stand owner, and then this young boy, this young black boy, who's reading a comic book. So a lot of the narration is just narration from the book that the boy is reading, but it follows the sequence of the story and everything perfectly. So that's cool. Um, we get a lot of old timey, uh, New York metropolitan style stuff, imagery and whatnot. I like it. The story that the boy is reading is a story about pirates. So remember I mentioned the redhead, uh, homeless guy who appeared in the first couple of issues. Well, he's back in chapter three, of course, and he's speaking a lot more. So the shop owner, it looks like he, um, he's just talking with the young boy. Then the guy walks up. He says, good afternoon. 
is it here yet? And man's like, oh, oh, you're a copy of The New Frontiers. Man, sure is here. I keep it for you every day, don't I? How's the end of the world coming along? Because he's walking around with this, the end is nigh, like, I don't know, poster board, sign, whatnot. He says, it'll happen today. I've seen signs. National Examiner reported a two-headed cat born in Queens today for certain. You'll keep my paper for me tomorrow. And it's just, it's a really interesting nine-panel grid uh, page. And the guy is very adamant about, it's not necessarily aggressive. It's just, he's like, no, this is something I know for certain. Uh, now, the argument between Laurie and Dr. Manhattan comes from him being a complete asshole. So we open up the next page with her and him in a bit of lovemaking, but the camera is from her neck up. You can see her in like these uh, euphoric, happy, sexual facial expressions, and then his hands all over her. The first panel, she's like, oh, John, when when do you have to do that TV interview this evening? Is it soon? He says, no, we have plenty of time. Hmm, good. Hey, your finger, it's like licking a flashlight battery. It's all sort of, which is so odd, but I guess if you're married to a, I don't know, nuclear bomb, that's common. Um, but we see that there are more hands appearing, so he's pretty much multiplied himself to be two different versions of him to sleep with his wife. And she's <laughs> offended, understandably so, and acting a fool and yelling, you know, um, um, no, no, he says, you know, don't be upset. I thought that you'd enjoy it. She said, you know, I'm sorry. I've reacted. You just startled me, which is like, yeah, if I'm sleeping with you and it's just me and you, and all of a sudden there's another you, yeah, once I come down from the shock, maybe we can get some things going. But the initial is like, where the fuck this come from? You ain't had no twin yesterday. <laughs> so um, he's like, you know, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know what stimulates you anymore. And I really like this because it further highlights the fact that John is no longer a man. We've had some talk about, oh, you're, you uh, can solve all the world's problems, but you don't understand people. Or you... Um, have all this power and whatever, and it's like you just don't care about us anymore, us being people in general. And that's something to be said, you know, the monster, the Frankenstein or whatnot. But this seems to be it because, again, p people are people. We have our issues. No one knows how to do everything exactly the right way. But I would imagine that even with this immense power, if you were at your core simply a human, you would know, let me not all of a sudden multiply my body to sleep with this person. Though I, we may be in love, but it hasn't been discussed already. This doesn't seem like something that she would have been excited about. So there's that. Um, then she stumbles out of the bedroom and see he's in, I guess, the kitchen making himself some juice or coffee or... No, no, no. My apologies. He is doing some experiment and you know she's yelling at him throws the uh glass at him it breaks and then we move on he reforms it she storms out then we get to this scene with this lady uh who is talking about how one day he'll find out how it feels um pretty much she's having getting an interview done and remember this is an old-timey book so for this we are um, very much not in the cell phone age. We are not in the uh, Apple technology age. We're, you know, 
things are advancing, but it's a very different time. And so the woman's conducting this uh, interview with this tape recorder and pretty much telling about all the bad things that Dr. Manhattan has done to her. And uh, she's coughing, she's smoking, she's, I don't know, coughing up, I'm assuming coughing up blood, though we never see any. But, yeah, so Lori goes off to Dan's apartment, and she starts talking about her relationship, which is like, eh, I guess this is the one instance where, like, that's cool, because clearly Dr. Manhattan does not care. He doesn't have the, like, it's not like you're going to air your business out on Facebook. This is you talking to, I'm assuming, a friend, at least an old acquaintance, about somebody who you're with, who you just aren't connecting to, because they're a walking atom bomb. <laughs> so she goes to do that and they get to walking and they walk down this dark alley, which is like, why are you doing that? Why are people walking down these dark alleys? And they get attacked by a not top gang. Um, and then their old crime fighting skills kicked in and they whooped their ass. Now I had to look this up, a not top. What I found is that they are a gang that exists in the Watchmen universe. They mostly deal with drugs, but also have a tendency towards violence. So, there's that. You learn something new every day, man. So moving on, after they then whoop some ass, we go to the uh, the show, the talk show. So there's a reporter from the Nova Express, and while they're doing the interview portion of the show, he asks Dr. Manhattan about giving cancer to the different people who he's been close to. Now that fucks him up, and again, getting back to him being sort of kind of human. I would imagine that something like that would not frustrate or anger Dr. Manhattan because of the kind of inquisitive alien nature in him where a lot of stuff does not phase him. Um, he doesn't seem to connect in a human way. But for whatever reason, knowing that you've given cancer to all these different people, or excuse me, not knowing that, but having the idea be brought up that you are the reason or are adjacent to the reason why all of these loved ones have contracted cancer and some have died, that has to be a terrifying thing for the human in him. I would imagine Dr. Manhattan will have a different like kind of reaction when it's like, oh, that's unfortunate, and be something very scientific like, you know, if it was me, you know, I'll, we have to look into it, or that couldn't possibly be it. I am pure energy or something. It just felt like him being frustrated was out of character, but with it being out of character, does it reinforce that he's still, at his core, a human? So, you know, there's that. So he gets angered, and in this, like, psychic, stress-filled outburst, he transports everyone that's at the television studio because they're all kind of kind of ganging up on him trying to get answers. He uh, sends them to a nearby parking lot. This, of course, causes the media to lose their freaking minds. Uh, they felt like his presence on Earth would be harmful. Well, he feels as if his presence on Earth would be harmful to all of the humans around him because, again, you've been presented with this idea that you have been causing cancer. Now, what he does is he decides to leave to go to Mars, but before doing that, he goes to some abandoned shack. Now, it's like out in the desert somewhere. It's just a little rinky-dink shack, vast, open nothingness, and this shack. Um, he walks in. He takes a photograph, and this is a picture of a man and a woman um, at a carnival. He studies it a little bit. Then he transports himself to Mars. Now, when he left... This caused, like, 
the media again to go into an uproar. This most powerful soldier that we have to protect us is gone. Also, he could have, you know, been giving people cancer. So, at the very end, we find out that Russia is invading Afghanistan, which that could be a possible precursor to a nuclear war. Now, with all the stuff going on here, I am very interested to see what happens going forward. Um, like I said before, I have not, I've never read Watchmen. I've never, I've only seen the television show. I've never read it. I've, television show, excuse me. I've only ever seen the movie. I've never read Watchmen. Now, I've wa I've read some DC books that may have had a character or two in them, but I've never once Red Watchmen. So going through this is actually quite exciting because I don't know what's going to happen. I'm avoiding spoilers, which this is a 30-year-old book, so it's probably easy to be spoiled. But I'm trying to do all this concisely and expeditiously so that I don't get anything spoiled. But, I mean, even if I do, whatever. That being said, um, the movie, just in case you're wondering, I watched it some time ago, years, and I don't remember really anything from the movie. Now, certain clips might come in and out of my head, but for the most part, I don't, I don't remember what, what happened. So for it to be based off the book, nothing is spoiled for me. Uh, let's see. So he blinks everybody out of reality. Then we get, uh, the boy still going through this, his, his, uh, reading his comic book, which gives us this narration and, um, the shop owner seeing that the Russians have invaded in Afghanistan as the final kind of um, punctuation to his story is so interesting, especially living in this day and age where nuclear weapons and weapons of mass destruction and biological warfare and all that shit is just like something that we've come to kind of expect. And with so many properties being like post-apocalyptic and, and scene and, and, and aesthetic and whatnot. It's like, wow, the same stresses that we have are some of the same stresses that, well, excuse me, the same stresses that they had 30 plus years ago are some of the same that we have now. We just have, I guess, different ways of coping with it or different ways of reporting it. But all in all, it's the same. Nobody wants nuclear war. So there's that. So um, we end this issue or this chapter with Dr. Manhattan sitting on a rock on Mars uh, looking at a photograph. And prior to that, we got, and I want to say, is this, it's not United Nations. This is like some, the American government pretty much. And they're looking at these nuclear weapons. Um, no, I'm sorry. Let me see. They're looking on this screen, uh, there's a map of the world, at these incoming uh, things that are coming. Uh, how they're going to take out the East Coast. Um, and they're trying to see how to deal with this conflict, how to deal with this issue. Um, some of this was, was anticipated to hit Mexico and hit kind of the border. Some of it to knock out the East Coast. Pretty much it's a who sunk my battleship type of situation. And uh, I don't know. It's just interesting to read stories like this. Because the closest that I. Or the most recent thing I can remember. That was an intellectual property. Is Days of Future Past. No, no. I'm sorry. First Class. I'm all over the place today. Um, where. 
they the X-Men dealt with pretty much the same. Like, this was back in the 60s. Um, but whatever, that's neither here nor there. All in all, I do think that this ending was a pretty good one. It wasn't as jarring as the one from Chapter 1, but I did enjoy it. Now, again, guys, remember, this is my first time reading through Watchmen, and I am enjoying the story so far. But let me know, how do you feel about this chapter in Watchmen? How do you feel about the story as we are here in Chapter 3? Uh, use that hashtag TVMPod. Now, with this, do you feel like you're more prepared for the HBO show that premieres on Sunday, October 20th, 2019? <laughs> if so, please let me know. I'm um, again, TVMPod is the official hashtag for the Carefree Black Knight Review Show uh, while you're watching and all that good stuff. So, use it when you live tweet on the 20th. <laughs> all right, guys. So, next, until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and stay the hell away from Dr. Manhattan until we can figure out if he's actually causing cancer or not. Because I'd be good goddamn if I want to be next to him. And dealing with all this mess unnecessarily, we could find out what the hell is going on. But, you know, if we don't.